Well, good morning. Once again, it's good to see each one of you and those folks that are joining us online on Facebook. It's good to know that you're worshiping along with us as well. And we are glad that you've gathered here today with us at Cross Timber. And what a wonderful way to begin our service than to be reminded through songs about the death that was paid on our behalf and that our sins were indeed nailed to the cross and that the Lord Jesus took our punishment so that we could have um, eternal life. And that is reason to gather, it's reason to celebrate and to be excited. And we are pleased that you are here with us to enjoy worship together as we celebrate um, a Savior who rules and reigns and is in charge and in control. If it's your first time visiting, we are glad that you're here this morning. It's good to, to see you. If you're here as a regular attender, we're glad to see you as well. And just to remind everyone, if you would like to communicate information, we do it the old school way. We use pen and paper. And we have these little tan cards that if you want to write on, if you have information to share with us, if you need to update your email or you'd like to find out something about the church, just fill this out and drop it in our offering plate in a moment. Also on the back side, we have a great way for you to share prayer requests with us. Just write your request on there and just mark whether or not it's okay for us to share that over our church email. And if it's, uh, if it's all right, we'll gladly share that. And many folks will be praying. And if you would like it to be kept private, um, we're okay with that as well. But then if you fill that out, just remember to put it in the offering plate in just a moment. In a few moments, Deborah's going to come and, and share an announcement. And then after we read from Psalm chapter 1, if you want to be finding your place there, um, Glenn and Tina Bradley are going to come share a word of, of testimony about God's faithfulness. And so we look forward to that. But let me just highlight mainly the you know, most things you need to know are in the bulletin. And um, in our regular schedule for the week, Wednesdays, just a standing invitation to join us at 11 for Bible study and Prayer and a lunch afterwards. The lunch is $2.50. We spend time singing. We spend time studying God's Word. And currently now we're looking at the Old Testament book of Zechariah. And so we've just started in the book, so it's not too late to join us. And I think you'll find it um, encouraging and beneficial. And then also the, the lunch is a, is a great um, benefit and blessing as we fellowship together as well. And then on the, in the evenings... Um, we have a um, prayer meeting here at the church starting at 6.30 and then our student activities as well. If there's any other information, you can consult the bulletin. But Deborah, why don't you come on up and, and share with us? This week I had an opportunity to be invited to a, a gathering at the Next Step uh, Pregnancy Center for Women um, here in town. Um, for all the ministry leaders, and when I came, they were like, oh, the work that God is doing at Cross Timber and the way that they have helped us has been such a blessing to us. And they acknowledged us in front of everybody, and they were so appreciative of the diapers and the baby shower and all the things that we've been a part of. So thank you so much for that. That was a huge blessing. Um, but also, I just want to remind you, you know, um, there's still a need there at the pregnancy center. Um, they call it the Women's Center, I should say. Um, this, these next two weeks, they're asking for diapers, and they're doing a diaper drive, and they're trying to, they're trying to be very generous in this economy because, as you know, if you go to the grocery store, it's hard right now. And so if you're able to, to buy some diapers and you'll bring them up here and put them up on the table up here, I'll take them. 
Um, also, if you go to um, City Market here in Burleson, if you buy diapers there, you can tell them they're for Next Step Women's Ministry, and they will deliver them. So either way, you can make a donation for diapers. Um, also, if you're, if maybe you can't give diapers, but you have some time that you want to offer, they do volunteer work. You can volunteer for half a day, one day a week. They need people to put boxes together. So they already have the supplies and stuff, but everybody who comes in gets freebies. And so they have baskets they need to put together with diapers. And they give, they give stuff to the dads. They give stuff to the moms. And so they've got snacks and they've got all these things and they just need them assembled. And so they, they're looking for volunteers. And so you can go up and just tell them you're interested in volunteering or let me know. And if maybe you can get together with a friend here in the church and just say, hey, we're going to go do this. And you can go and serve in that way. It's a really needed ministry, especially in these days. So thank you. Thanks, Deborah. So if you have the, the opportunity and the, and the ability to purchase some diapers this week, that would be a great blessing to those, those families and to the ministry there at Next Step. Um, our scripture reading this morning is Psalm chapter 1, and we'll read that together, and then after that, um, Glenn and Tina are going to come and share before our offering. Psalm 1 begins, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seed of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. He's like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season, and its leaves do not wither. In all that he does, he prospers. The wicked are not so, but are like chaff that the wind drives away. Therefore the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. Tina, why don't you and Glenn come and share with us this morning. morning. Uh, well, as some of you know, uh, Tina's had some health issues over the years. Uh, when she was in her 50s, she, her blood, uh, her heartbeat got down to 30 beats a minute and was getting lower. And we got her to the hospital in town and, and uh, she got a pacemaker. And then not quite 10 years ago, she uh, had a massive brain injury, and they didn't think she was going to live, and she made it through all that. Then a couple of years ago, she had a heart attack, got her to the hospital just in time, and she made it through all that. And uh, God's not through with miracles. Uh, she's went through three of them, four if you count living with me, but... <laughs> uh, but she just uh, had some stuff that was uh, kind of on her mind. She's reading in the Bible and stuff and uh, worried about our country. Our country's in bad shape. And, uh, huh? and with, the, with the economy and, and everything that's going on, all the, all the shootings and everything, and uh, we need to, we need to uh, 
pray for our country and and uh, pray for another miracle. Amen. Anyway, you want to say something? Um, like he told us a few things uh, this last uh, when I when I almost died is when um, when I was coming I had to go helicopter and going up into helicopter going up while I was going up when I you know nearly die you know when you're going down but God brought me back and I said I want to go home I want to go home but God said no you're not gonna be here you're gonna I'm here so then you know I had uh, a lot bad bad I took uh, I had a four and a half year surgery Oh, it's, it's me too. Sorry. Uh, it's just that all the wonderful, wonderful things that Jesus is and all these things he's done for me, that he let me be in heaven and all the most beautiful, beautiful things you could ever see. And I was like, when I, you know, I was gone, I mean, I was bad in a coma. But I went up in there. I got to see my mama. When I come up, you know, and uh, first thing, well, of course, Jesus. Then Jesus let me see my mama. And then all kinds of wonderful, beautiful things in heaven. But um, one thing I like to remember is the golden streets, yeah, where you can see and then... I was looking and said, oh, my gosh, because you could see through it. Okay. Yeah, the ch okay, sorry, it's me. I have aphasia, too, so it's hard. But uh, anyway, um, it was beautiful, the golden uh, streets where you could see, like, it's the first on it. It's, I wish your mom was sapphire, sapphire whatever, in an emerald, uh, topaz, I can't remember what that's called. And anyway, that I got to see that. And while I was seeing that, and God says, going back up some more. So I went up again. Oh, you, know, you think, you see these rich, rich, rich people, and they got this big, huge, and all you can see, it cannot even compare. Because God is above all things. And um, let me see. Oh, and one other thing, because I have a lot I could say, but I'm not going that long. But I remember uh, again, uh, Jesus told me to go forward. So he, yeah, I started walking, and he's right behind me, and I'm right there. And then uh, there's God, as beautiful as you could see. I mean, beautiful. I said, Oh, Father. I can't bow down. I can't bow down because of my leg. He said, it's okay. So I bowed down, and, you know, over and over with Jesus and our God. And then, and as I was there, in there, while I'm right there with Jesus, or God, rather, it was, um, I was there, it was like, holy, 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 you know, like that. 
And while I'm still going around in, in there with Jesus and all, um, I'm sorry, I got I forget things sometimes. Um, I know what he said. What did I say? Do you remember? Oh, oh. And while I was there in heaven and all, or with God, I'm you know right there and I just have to come back from Jesus into heaven. And um, um, oh, let me think again. I just had it. So I'm sorry, y'all. <laughs> It's me, <laughs> but hey, I can do it a whole lot more than I couldn't, because I'm telling you, I'd have been gone, but God said, no, I'm going to be in heaven with, um, let me see if I can a minute, that Jesus said, no, that, uh, I hate Phasia, um, that he said, uh, oh, he, his uh, pearl, uh, no, was it, no, no, harp, a harp. That's a song that I love, love, love from when I'm at church. And uh, all of a sudden, because I was standing there, it was hit the things that God put to me, which is the one I knew that I love, I love that song that song of Jesus. And, you know, and so it's just wonderful. And while Jesus there, he said to, to speak, I'm not going to take it all, but I'll show you a little bit. But Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And, you know, and that was what Jesus let me see that. Then God said, you know, I had to come on board, going back. And um, God said, "You're going. You're going to back." And I was like, "Oh!" But then, <laughs> yeah, I was like, "Oh, are you? Are y'all for real?" But <laughs> and then, you know, while I'm, you know, there and I'm standing there looking, here's God, you know. And I said, "Oh, you're going down." So down I went because He loved me. Oh. He told me before I went on down, he said, you're a miracle. I said, oh, thank you, Jesus. But I was, you know, I wasn't real happy about it once I got, <laughs> when I got, you know, got there. But, yeah, it's beautiful, so beautiful. If y'all could ever, ever, ever imagine. Because it's amazing. You know, I mean, you know, it's just, Amazing that God, that I got, you know, to be in heaven, my family, friends, so many things I got to see that was wonderful and amazing. But, you know, um, oh, I'll tell you one other thing, sorry. Because this is um, in the Bible that about this Peter on the sea. Yeah, okay, and... When I was talking to Jesus about this, I said, well, I've heard about that, you know, about this stuff in, in the Bible and all, but I don't know. God said, well, he didn't say, but he had that look like, okay. And <laughs> he was walking on the water, and God was there, and here come Peter, come walking here. And, of course, Peter got scared. 
wham, come back up. And I said, oh, Father, Father, thank you for letting me see that. I've always thought this, but I didn't know for sure. But I know he did. And I tell you, it's just, oh, I just, all I can tell you that of everybody that God is good and he does love each and every one of you because God is good. Uh, here's something uh, Tina found and I printed out for her. She wanted to uh, say it in church, so I'll read it for you. <clears throat> it says, When the chief shepherd shall appear, ye shall receive a crown of glory that fadeth not away. First Peter 5, 4. Uh, and then she printed, I wanted to see it printed. Uh, the devotion is, When the chief shepherd shall appear. I just read that one, sorry. Uh, inspiration, One day Jesus will come back, and when he does... <clears throat> he will be crowned with glory forever. Uh, the day he returns will be a wonderful day. He will take believers up with him in paradise. Hopefully, when he returns, we'll be in the middle of doing something that he would be proud of. Then we can hear him say, Well done, my faithful servant. <clears throat> um, and then the prayer is, Jesus, never let me stray away from you. Keep me focused on what you have called me to let me live each day to glorify you, so when you return, I am ready. I cannot wait for your return. Come soon, but save your people first. In your name, amen. Thank you, Glenn and Tina, and that all of us who have proclaimed Christ as our Lord and Savior will be going to heaven. That is our home, not this earth. So that's something to look forward to. Join with me in prayer now for our offering. Lord God in heaven, we do praise you and lift your name in glory. We thank you for your love and your grace that you provide for each of us. Lord, we just ask that you would be with us through the remainder of this service. Be with Rusty as he delivers a message. May we have the words that will speak to each and every one of us and take them into our hearts, dear Lord. Now, dear Lord, we just ask that you would bless this offering as we give it freely to you. For it is coming from you to first, and now we give it back. So we thank you and pray in Jesus' blessed name. Amen.
would you stand and sing with us this morning?
Thank you. You may be seated. they're getting things settled and sorted out, I invite you to turn over to 2 Peter in the New Testament. If you need a little help finding that, like some of us do sometimes, if you find Revelation at the very back of your Bible and just flip back several pages, you'll come to, to 2 Peter. It's right there, right before 1 John. As we continue on this morning... Our, our look at the book of Second Peter around the idea of, of thriving in faith, thrive. And just to, to kind of start things out, last week I, I challenged you to memorize a, a verse there in First Peter chapter 1. And I would just wonder if anybody has already memorized that. And if you are, you can just kind of raise your hand. And if you are, if you are so moved or brave enough that you would like to... Uh, to recite that for all of us, um, you're welcome to do that. But if you're, if that's you, if you are, if you have it memorized and you would like to share it with us, um, move quickly. And she's moving quickly. I'm guessing you have it memorized. All right. Well, so they worked on it. All right. Well, the whole class learned it, but you're the spokesperson, right? So why don't you? Well, why don't you share it with us tomorrow? <clears throat> His divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and excellence. Second Peter 1, verse 3. Wow. Well, there you go. That's right. And I, and I hope you'll, you'll continue on as you, you work to memorize that. As it'll help us as we, we try to keep our focus in line that that we are looking to, to thrive in our faith, to grow in a way that, that God intends us so that we can be, today as we're going to talk about, fruitful and useful in the world that we live in. So, Samara, thank you for, for sharing that with us. You know, I don't think anybody wants to be referred to as some of these phrases I'm about to throw out. Stuck in a rut. Have you ever had, you know, they're, they're just stuck in a rut. You know, it comes back from the days when wagons would get stuck in the mud and not really go anywhere. Spinning their wheels, maybe you've heard that. They're just spinning their wheels. There's lots of action, but there's not a lot of progress. Or, or maybe this one, a turtle on a, on a fence post. They, they, they don't know how they got there. They sure didn't get there by themselves. They, they know they don't belong there, but they really don't know what in the world to do. They need help to get down. And I think some of those phrases help us to understand a little bit what it's like sometimes for a Christian who's not growing in their faith, stuck in a rut, spinning their wheels, turtle on a fence post. They know where they should belong. They know what God intended for them to do, but for some reason or another, they're just not there and. They may know they need to change and be discouraged, or they may just not know what to do. And each of those things, as we see, as we'll see in a minute, Peter refers to as the kind of person that's ineffective or unfruitful in their, their faith. 
And you could say that being fruitless and useless is the absolute opposite of what God intends. Because as we look through the book of Second Peter, we want to keep in mind that, that thriving faith in Jesus is what transforms and empowers us to, to live authentic and abundant lives in this world regardless of circumstances. Last week we spent time looking at this is what we have as Christians. God has given us everything we need to live a godly life. So there, there should be no excuses. We have the presence of His Holy Spirit. We have the promise of His Word. And we have new life in Christ that comes with a new way to live. And then down the road, only the Lord knows how far, we have the promise of eternity in heaven. This week, we're taking what we have and we're going to look at this is what we're supposed to do with it. That to, to thrive in Christ or live a godly life, there are some actions that we take to participate with God in His work. That we live godly lives actively. And as we pursue Christ, we produce the fruit of His Spirit in our lives and we are useful in our service to our Master. Now, think back to the time when you first trusted in, in Jesus. And at that moment, you became alive in But that life is supposed to keep on going. It's supposed to be abundant life. And God wants you to thrive in your faith. And so this morning, the main idea around these verses that we're about to read in chapter 1 is that thriving faith involves continued growth and it produces practical results. You see, Peter had a need to remind his readers of this same thing that we need to be reminded of today. He, he loved them. He cared for them. He wanted them to thrive in their faith. But he knew that knowing the truth wasn't good enough, they needed to go ahead and walk in it in their daily lives. So let's read these verses together and then we'll, we'll pray and we'll, we'll get started. We're going to start reading this morning in verse 3 just so we can keep with the paragraph and we'll read down through verse number 15. His divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of Him who called us to His own glory and excellence, by which He has granted to us His precious and very great promises, so that through them you may become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped from the corruption that is in the world because of sinful desire. Verse 5, For this very reason, make every effort, to supplement your faith with virtue, and virtue with knowledge, and knowledge with self-control, and self-control with steadfastness, and steadfastness with godliness, and godliness with brotherly affection, and brotherly affection with love. For if these qualities are yours and are increasing, they keep you from being ineffective or unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. For whoever lacks these qualities is so nearsighted that he is blind, having forgotten that he was cleansed from his former sins. Therefore, brothers, be all the more diligent to confirm your calling and election, for if you practice these qualities, you will never fall. For in this way, there will be richly provided for you an entrance into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Therefore, I intend always to remind you of these qualities, though you know them and are established in the truth that you have. I think it right, as long as I am the body, to 
in, my, in this body to stir you up by way of reminder, since I know that the putting off of my body will be soon, as our Lord Jesus Christ made clear to me. And I will make every effort so that after my departure, you may be able at any time to recall these things. You pray with me. Father, we are thankful for the privilege to worship in your name. We're thank you, thankful for the truth of your word and for the power of your spirit. And we look forward to see what you have for us this morning as your people. Speak to us and help us to hear and apply. And we ask it in Jesus' name. So hopefully, in the time that we have this morning, we'll, we'll see why reminders are important in the Christian life. We'll see that a true faith is a growing faith. And we'll see that when our faith does grow, there's noticeable results. So let's not waste time. The first point you see there in your bulletin, and there, and there are three, is that spiritual reminders feed faith. From reading these verses, we find out that Peter is nearing death. He's getting older in years. And he says, since I know that the putting of my body, putting off of my body will be soon, as our Lord Jesus Christ made clear to me. He knew that he was going to die. But to him, it would be like going on a, a camping trip and packing up the tent and moving on. And that physical tent was his body and his body would die his soul would live on and be in the presence of the lord and then one day when jesus returns his body and his soul are going to be reunited and he's going to have a new resurrection body and he's going to be with jesus forever and so he knew this reality was for him just like it is the same for every one of us and in the time he had left he realized there was work to be done now i probably don't have to remind you that you know, the clock is, is ticking for each of us. There's only a certain number of days that the Lord has ordered for us to be on this earth. And in that time, we have work to do. And Peter's work was this. Look at verse 12. Therefore, I intend always to remind you of these qualities, though you know them and are established in the truth that you have. Now, you may have already noticed we jumped to the bottom and we're going to start at the bottom and then go back to verse 5. But I wanted to, to emphasize that this reminding ministry is, is key all through this letter that Peter has written. And he wasn't just reminding them to, um, you know, don't forget to take out the trash or feed the dog. It was spiritual truth. And we'll look at those more in a minute. Things that they already knew, he points that out. And they knew them well enough to the point he said they were established in them. So their roots were already growing down into the truth. But now the key for them was to continue to apply those truths to their life. And you see this word, it's there two or three times. These qualities, this phrase, or your Bible may say these things. Traits of what it means to be a godly person. Truths that we should always be reminded of. And Peter is absolutely committed to to reminding those around him of the truth. Look at verse 15. He says, I will make every effort so that after my departure you may be able at any time to recall these things. To remind them of things that they should never forget. To give all his effort and determination to be persistent to achieve the goal that the people that he had in contact with would remember these things. You see, Peter had one goal left before he 
exited the earth, and that goal was simply this, to remind, remind, remind. And so he left this letter and his other letter as testimony to what he had seen and what we need to know. It's also very likely that one of the Gospels, the Gospel of of Luke, was written down by the good doctor as he listened to, to Peter share his accounts of Jesus and his ministry. And so when you read that phrase that they would be able at any time to recall these things that they could read in Luke's Gospel, the account of what Jesus did. And the focus here is to preserve the truth so it would be remembered by future generations. If you know a little bit about the Old Testament, you realize that um, part of Israel's problem was forgetfulness. They forgot what their responsibility was to their God. They forgot what God had committed to do for them and what God asked them to do. And so God brought reminders um, throughout their history, usually in the form of of exile or punishment or or justice, but He always presented, He always preserved a remnant and He sent prophets along the way to be the great reminders of truth. And as we preserve that truth, as it gets passed down through the generations, you know, if you see someone who's thriving in their faith, then truth that transforms just flows from their heart. I love it when you can see those fam- families that are like Timothy's that were its, its grandparent and parent and child and then hopefully one day grandchild that are walking in the faith because of the consistency of their walk. And so you have thriving faith, but we have to remember too that limp faith, half-hearted faith, it doesn't, you know, if we could say it does nothing, that would be true, but the damage is far worse. Because a weak faith or, or lack of faith doesn't just stop with the parent. Likely in, in history, the next generation, those children will have an even lesser understanding of Scripture. Will have a smaller desire to be in fellowship among God's people. And the chances of them walking with the Lord become more and more difficult. Now, not to say that God is not able to intervene, and He certainly does, but if you can see the progression. If mom and dad don't care very much, children care even less, and those grandchildren may not even care at all. And I think we look around in our society today, and we see parents who thought everything was just going to be okay, who had children that wondered, will things be okay, and began to question, and, and, and as attendance in church and commitment to the scriptures and faith in God waned that by now there's a generation that questions everything and believes very little. But Peter, even older in life, wouldn't let the faith of fire die and he was determined to carry that fire down to the next generation so they could pass it on. Now he didn't do it in his own power. He made every effort fully dependent on the power of the Holy Spirit. You see that clearly in the book of Acts where, where Peter, this wanting to do so good, you know, 
energetic, impulsive disciple, this rough, tough fisherman spirit comes at Pentecost and speaks with boldness. And you read all through the book of Acts of what God did through Peter with the power of the Spirit. And he's committed to this reminding of the truth. And we should be the same today. There's an urgent need for those people that follow Jesus to remember and walk in true faith and then pass it on down. It's probably easy for you to notice, but times are are hard. The days are dark. But that's no excuse for Christians to not thrive in their faith and be persistent. And oh, don't underestimate the difference that you can make as a follower of Jesus when you're growing in your faith. It can be in person, face to face. It can be in the place of prayer. I'm so thankful for the folks that underestimate their value when they say, all I can do is pray. Oh my goodness, don't even say all I can do. We're so thankful for your, your prayers as you partner with God, asking Him to move heaven and earth on behalf of the advance of His kingdom. But we need to get back to the reminding. Sorry, I, I got off there a little bit. It's important to remind people of things because why? We, we forget. You see, the readers that Peter wrote to already knew the truth. They'd heard it. They were established in it. They were stable in their faith. So they had a good background. But they needed to be reminded of the truth so they could keep walking in the truth. Think about it. Grocery list. We write down a grocery list. Why? So when we go to the store, we don't forget the milk. We put reminders on our phones so we don't forget to to take our medicine or to miss an important meeting. And who could remember a password if it wasn't for sticky notes? In the same way, sermons, Bible studies, Sunday school, just time reading God's Word are reminders that help us walk in Jesus. And so what was Peter's great reminder? It's the second thing in your outline. True faith grows. It shouldn't surprise us. True faith grows. And for Christians, growth is expected. Now I know there are many people that come to faith in Christ and they feel like they've got their their get-out-of-hell free card and they look toward heaven. They've got a a one-way ticket to heaven one day, and that's all they care about. But that's not really living the life that God intends for us. He wants us to thrive in our life. And, and honestly, the only excuse we have for not growing is us. We get in the way of our, of our growth because God's Word is clear. He gives us everything that we need. Now, we have to admit that that growth takes time. It takes commitment but we also have to realize that we can't just sit around and think god's going to do it all and grow us in our faith no growth takes cooperation with the holy spirit where we choose to die to ourselves so that we can be made alive by his spirit and it's a daily task it's it's work 
why he says in verse 5 that the same phrase he uses later in the passage, make every effort. Now, we need to be clear always that we don't do anything to earn our salvation, and that's not what he's talking about. But I will say this, work is necessary if you want to, to thrive in your faith. Preacher from another century, Charles Spurgeon, said it this way God sends every bird his food, but he doesn't throw it in the nest. God's given us all we need. Our responsibility is to take advantage of it. It's hard work. Some days it feels like work, but it's well worth it. And it's not an overnight process, it takes time. Little by little, day after day, from the beginning point of faith to the end of faith. In fact, growth starts there at that point of faith. The moment you make that decision to trust in Jesus as your Lord and Savior, the growth process begins, but along the way you have to supplement that faith or add to it. Now we know something of supplements because as you get older or you have health needs, your doctor may recommend a supplement, a vitamin or something to help you. But this word really means to supply something generously. It came out of wealthy patrons who would fund the theater and the arts. That they would give the money in Greek society to make sure that they had the most talented plays and the best actors involved. But over time, it came to mean this. Generous, costly cooperation. So some of you are smarter than me and you've probably already made the connection why that word supplement is important. Generous, costly cooperation. God gives us all we need, but if it's work, that means there's something we need to do. And it means we need to take advantage of it, and sometimes that's going to be costly. We're going to have to give up our will, our time, our motives to appropriate what God has generously given. And he refers to a list of godly characteristics that are present in a believer's life that hopefully grow over time, and he calls them these qualities. Now, each one is important, and each one depends on the others. That's why they're, they're linked together, where it says add to, add to, add to. Some people would like to look at that like a stair step, that you, you, know, you start here, you, know, you start with faith, and if you add to faith you know, goodness and put on top of that, then you're climbing or ascending in your faith. Um, but I really think it's more important that we think about that as all of these things develop, starting at first with that point of faith and, and ending in the, the highest quality of love, that all of those work together to grow us in Jesus, each one important. And so he says virtue or goodness is, is important. It's the, it's the right kind of conduct that as we yield to the Holy Spirit, God's glory shines out in our lives and it's a goodness that should be genuine, it should be sincere, and it should be active. It should lead us to do something. Knowledge is just that practical re wisdom that comes from God's truth that we can apply to life situations and circumstances. It's kind of where your faith hits the road. We can put it into play in our daily life. Self-control it's not, I can do it, I can do it, I'm not going to do it, I'm not going to do it. It's yielding ourselves to the Holy Spirit and in the power of the Spirit, allowing Him to help us to resist temptation and desire. Steadfastness, another word for that is perseverance. It's 
enduring in hard times or trials because we know that there's something in the future that's way better, which is our eternal reward in heaven. Godliness, one man wrote that it's just a practical awareness of God in every part of life where God gets in all the crooks and crannies of our life and we're in tune with God's will and purpose and we walk in the power and the guidance of His Spirit. And then the last two, brotherly affection and love, really are are united because they both have to do with love. One, that brotherly love, family love, the love that you would have toward, you know, people in your family unit, but also toward other believers. And John tells us in 1 John that it's the evidence that we are born again. But the highest of virtues is love that is self-sacrificing love that always desires the best for others and love that takes action and love that does not make a distinction. And if you think about those terms, and maybe this needs to be a sermon for another day, when Jesus says, love your neighbor as yourself, just check yourself and ask, God, do I really have a desire for what's best for the other people around me? Is my love ready to take action? And do I love people without making distinctions? Or do I want to pick and choose? And each of these things, as we grow closer in our relationship with Jesus, these qualities, they grow. That's why at the end of 2 Peter 3, he says, grow in grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And Peter's hope is that these qualities continue to increase over time. It'd be a simple graph to draw. If we had a piece of paper, we could put here, you know, our our growth and our walk with Jesus and put here, you know, the growth in those spiritual qualities. And as one increases, the other would increase over time. But that growth is not just so that we can have, you know, satisfaction that we're making progress. No, that, that growing faith produces practical results. See, Peter desired that his brothers and sisters in Christ would would thrive. And not just thrive in, you know, a vacuum, but thrive in difficult circumstances. I think I I talked about my my beautiful squash plant um, maybe last week. Might have been a bit too prideful because then 102, 103 heat... um, came slamming down on that poor little plant, and I don't think there was enough water at 1121 County Road 701 to keep it alive, and it's, it's limping along, it's producing little shriveled up um, squash, and, and I thought, you know, gosh, it would be nice to have some rain. And, but God's intention is, for us is not to shrivel up, it's for us to, to thrive, and we aren't dependent on a water hose, we have the power of His Spirit. And we have to submit and cooperate with God in that work. You see, here's the result that we're looking for. A person that thrives in the Christian life, there's going to be noticeable evidence. Look at verse 8. If these qualities are yours and increasing, they keep you from being ineffective or unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Some people are experts at goofing off. You might say wasting time or 
just not getting a lot done. Now, we, we all have our moments, we have to admit, but because if we stayed that way too long, few of us would survive. But God didn't make us to waste time or not get anything done. He made us for a purpose. And as we grow, we understand more of God's purposes and we, we find His grace is sufficient, His peace is everlasting, and the satisfaction that we gain from obedience is better than anything in the world. He wants us to be effective, not ineffective. And he uses that word to describe something that's not working, useless, unwilling or unwilling to work. So not just something that's broken, even a a person or something that's unwilling to work. And if you apply that to the life of a believer, it's someone who's supposed to be salt that's lost their saltiness. It's, It's a light that's hidden under a basket someone who has little impact for the kingdom. But God's made us to be effective for His purposes, that we would be both salt and light, and in the places we go, we would be the sweet fragrance of our Savior to thrive and be effective. But also, in Christ, we should be fruitful. John 15, Jesus talks about bearing fruit, that it's expected. And if we thrive in our faith, fruit will come and others will see the benefit. If we don't, people will see the opposite. But then in verse 9, another you know, visible result is that thriving Christians or thriving believers have clear spiritual vision. Look at verse 9. Whoever lacks these qualities is so nearsighted that he is blind having forgotten that he was cleansed from his former sins. I would love to be one of those people that when they really wanted to get emphatic and make it a point, they could take off their glasses. But the minute I take off my glasses, I, I lose all of you. And so I have to leave them on. So I, I'm extremely nearsighted. Now, this came to play in my, my life. Um, it actually probably interrupted a... Um, a, a world record or at least a record in the Cleburne Baseball Association because as a little leaguer, not knowing that I had a um, need for, for glasses, um, I was locked in at home plate, bat on my shoulder as, you know, the 8, 9, 10, 11-year-old that stood on the pitcher's mound tried to throw strikes because I didn't see the ball, I didn't swing. And so I remember cries from my mom and dad, swing, swing, swing. I didn't swing because I didn't have anything to look at. And occasionally I would strike out, not very often. Most times I would walk. And so if they had kept statistics, I probably would have been the record holder for for walks in the Cleburne Baseball Association. Not because I wanted to do it, but just because I didn't see any point in swinging at what I couldn't see. And then sixth grade came in, I got glasses. And, and I could see, but by then, man took over and baseball um, went to the, to the wayside. So I know what it means to be nearsighted. And the same thing can be true in the Christian life. We can become so nearsighted in our walk that we are blinded from the truth. Things in our life crowd around us so closely that we lose sight of God's eternal perspective. Perspective. 
And as F.B. Meyer says, they see only the things of this world, not the real things of eternity. Another way you could say that is sin and self cloud our vision. I'm thankful today, and I know you may have been looking at some of this in, in Sunday school, you know, in the past when we looked through Thessalonians, that, you know, we have a way to gain clear spiritual vision. There, there's a remedy. God says, turn to me and I'll turn to you, that we can have spiritual sight restored, our hope renewed through practicing confession and repentance, participating with God in His work of sanctification. He can clear our spiritual vision as we cooperate with the Holy Spirit. Then there's two more quickly, and I know we're running short on time. We can also experience God's security. It's in verse 10. He says, Be all the more diligent to confirm your calling and election, for if you practice these things, you will never fall. Never fall. That's a a bold statement. You see, a, a true believer won't may stumble, but they'll never stay down. And, and as Warren Wiersbe says, as we grow in faith, we gain confidence in the security we have in Christ. We can wander, but we'll find our way back home because the Lord alone is able to find us and He's the one who's able to keep our feet from slipping. And then the last benefit is there's a promise of eternity. Look at verse 11. For in this way there will be richly provided for you an entrance into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Eugene Peterson says the walk with Jesus is a long walk of obedience. Along the way there's going to be hard times. There's going to be times of joy, times of pain. There's going to be times that it seems easy. There's going to be many times that it seems difficult. But in a life that is full of challenges, there are also adventures. And we have hope that there's promised rest at the end. There is a kingdom who has a king. There's a kingdom that is here and now and a kingdom that will come into full view when Jesus returns. And true Christians are citizens of that kingdom and they have promise of eternity with Jesus when He returns. And the way it works is if you are growing in your faith and growing in godliness, then you have assurance of salvation. You ever notice that sometimes when you kind of drift a little bit, you know, you've fallen out of the habit of some of the disciplines that you have. You know, maybe it's attendance, maybe it's reading your Bible or prayer that doubt kind of keeps to creep in. Well, am I really, or is this really true? Well, what keeps us close, what keeps us assured is that we continue to grow in our faith, to thrive, because thriving faith involves continued growth, and it produces practical results. Now, maybe today you're sitting there and you feel like that turtle on the fence post four legs just kind of flailing off. You can't really do anything about it. Maybe you feel fruitless or, or useless. Maybe you just kind of feel stuck. You don't know what to do. Remember this. God has given you everything you need to live, to live a godly life. He can help you down off that fence post. He is willing to set you on solid ground, point you in the right direction, and help you to thrive. 
And when we set out and purpose in our heart to grow in the peace, grace, and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, your faith will thrive. And there will be fruit. And you will be useful for the glory of God. Will you pray with me? Lord Jesus, we are thankful for your faithfulness. Thank you for your, your healing power, your keeping power that we heard testified from Glenn and Tina. Thank you for the reminders of what a wonderful Savior we have while we sing the songs together. And thank you as we look at your word that you remind us that you intend for us to thrive, that we would be fruitful and useful in our walk with you. And so, Lord, as we prepare to, to sing and to respond, I just want to ask that if there's someone or some folks here, here today that that for today they, they feel like, well, that, that doesn't certainly not me. In fact, I, I need to even start that journey of faith now that, that today you would, you would help them, Lord, as you work by your Holy Spirit to open their eyes and help them to trust in you as Lord and Savior, simply turning from their sin and repentance and turning toward you in faith. Lord, I pray you would lift up the hearts of those who are, are weary and brokenhearted. Or that there would not be guilt or shame or condemnation on those that feel unfruitful or useless. Oh, but they would find great encouragement in what you are willing to do. That you offer fresh starts, second chances, new beginnings. And that today might be a new beginning for someone. Oh Lord, for those people, those that are just carrying on and following you in the midst of physical pain and difficult family situations, just the challenges of life. I pray for strength and for encouragement for them. And Lord, help us as we respond to you that you would show us how. Show us what we need and help us to bring our needs to you because you have everything we need. Or we thank you for your goodness and we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. We'll stand in just a moment, sing together. It's the part of our service where you have opportunity to, to respond to the Lord as he speaks. We'll sing a song and you're welcome to pray at the front. The altar is open. You can pray where you're at. Someone you know, may need someone to pray with them, to give encouragement through prayer. I'll be at the front if you need that or someone else may be near you. But I do invite you to stand. Um, Sing and respond as the Lord speaks.
Thank you all for, for worshiping today. It's been a good day to be in Lord's house. Tina and Glenn, thank you for, for sharing that word of testimony as we are just reminded of God's faithfulness and His goodness. And the same God that helped them through their difficulties is more than willing to help us through ours as well. So don't forget that. Pray the Lord would bless you today as you're, you're out and about or just at home trying to stay cool the best you can. Um, drink plenty of water. Um, maybe take time this afternoon to read over some of Second Peter chapter 1 and maybe spend a few minutes working on that memory verse so you can apply that to your life. We just, we're thankful that you're, you're here. We pray the Lord blesses you. We're going to sing together, and when we start to sing, you're dismissed. So Lord bless you. Thank you.